0: You're listening to The Professional Blur, a podcast hosted by me, Jason Klom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Professional Blur podcast. My name is Jason Klom. My guest this week, uh, live from the East Coast, Tommy Bechtold. Did I say it correctly? I did, I hope. You did. That Wonderful. was outstanding. Yeah, great work. Delightful. So, now, Tommy, I reached out to you, uh, unknowingly, you were in a show with my friend Alex Salem years ago. You are in some kind of a, a show, uh, but... Let's talk, uh, before we get into the regular questions, you got the first award by, if I'm not mistaken, Stanley?
1: Yes, the thermos company. Yes, the thermos Stanley company. Thermos Please yes.
0: tell me how that happened. I, I, it blew my mind.
1: Sure, sure. So uh, about, I want to say November of last year, I was on Twitter and I saw a tweet from a friend of mine, Mike Bittette, who said, hey, my company, he's, he works in advertising, mm-hmm. he's doing this cool thing. And I saw Stanley was having an award for uh, celebrating their all the years they've had their thermoses as props in movies and television. Right. So that was kind of the impetus, and they wanted to give out two kind of, like, awareness, uh, you know, publicity stuff type awards for uh, being a background worker, you know, background mm. artist or whatever. Uh, and uh, so I thought I had some really funny stories of doing background and some interesting, you know, uh experiences when i moved out to la i was you know i was very uh active trying to get on as many sets as possible sure so i was like i'll, I'll enter and i'll uh i'll put i had a couple screen drafts of some of the funnier jobs that i did and uh you know i forgot about it i totally <laughs> forgot that i entered the contest i i remember trying to be like i kind of threw away any like Sense of writing, like really thoughtful responses, and kind of made all my responses kind of jokey, like just yeah. like you know, not, not taking it too seriously. Uh, so when I got an email in, in I think it was uh, February, saying that I won, I thought it was I forgot what I had entered, I <laughs> totally left my mind, and I thought it was spam because it was like congratulations was in the email line, of course, and, but it was from a normal person's email, it wasn't from a company. So it was like from some woman, I believe her name was Ann. So I was like, all right, I'll read this email. And then they explained, like, you won the Stanley uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. And I thought that was wonderful and hilarious. hilarious. And that was that,
0: yeah. That's so good. That is delightful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I heard about it once you had won. Um, and I was mm-hmm. like, holy crap, I'm a- about to do this podcast. I cannot not yeah. ask this guy on the show. Right, um right. But also, I mean, the, the other thing is, we'll get into this, but you, not only have you done a lot of extra work, you've also, like a few of, of the my guests, uh, had, you know, show, parts, parts on actual shows. Um, what's what stuff people might know you from or recognize you from?
1: Well, uh, for five seasons, I played the role Kenny on the middle, uh, mm-hmm. which is on ABC, ran until two years ago. Uh, I did an episode of Glee. I was a pretty regular performer on Jimmy Kimmel Live for the last seven years. Obviously, late night TV is uh, different now, sure. sure. we're all uh, staying home, and you know, here and there, other other little parts here and there on uh, on TV and film. I've been pretty lucky, I would say. So, but yeah, I'd say the middle is the thing most people know me from, and then Jimmy Kimmel would
0: be uh, the middle is one of not the last, but I was I was I'm an extra in the pilot of the middle. Uh, oh, yeah. You, I'm totally cut out, totally cut out of it. I can't see myself anywhere. But the joy, of course, is like spending way too much time trying to find yourself yes. in a show like that. However, I mean, having a partner show, not too bad either. Um, no,
1: but but I, yes, I've been on both sides. I can say they're both fun.
0: Uh, so what was your first time, I like to start here, your first time on a set, period, whether you're an extra, an actor, PA, whatever?
1: Yeah, so the thing that got me going. I was uh, you know, on a trajectory to be a history teacher that, and a special special education teacher. That's what I wanted to do. I mean, and I still, you know, I mean, that's still something that if I didn't have this as a career pursuit, there's something I would do. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, uh, I volunteered to work on a movie that was coming to where I'm from, Rochester, New York. Uh, and I volunteered and I just wrote, I will do anything in any capacity. So I just wanted to see what outside of like, you know, my obsession with film and tv i wanted to see what it was really like because my only view into what it was like was like episodes of entourage you know what i mean like that's what like that was my understanding of what los angeles was like i mean obviously you know we know that that's not the case but like that to me was like (laughs) I, I wanted to demystify what it was really like because there was in the back of my mind always this voice that was you know egging me on to pursue acting. So I volunteered to work on this movie. They t- immediately took me up on it because I mean, as I learned, warm bodies working on film sets in Rochester, New York, are a commodity. This not like sure. people that want to do it. So I started in the office as an unpaid intern. Within two weeks, they had everybody had quit besides me that were interns and PA. So I got put on the payroll, I think I made like $300 a week to work like 80 hours a week. So it was
0: Yeah, bad. of course. But, was
1: like, but it was like film school, you know, it was yeah. like, I learned so, I mean, not, not as, I mean, I'm I'm sure all in, in, in encompassing as a film school, but I learned so much just doing that. And then I worked my way up to uh, production manager on that movie just because by lack of there being, this was a sad movie though, but like the lack of there being a, uh, a full uh, crew. But what really came out of that movie for me was, well, it took two years to shoot. And while it was on a hiatus from shooting, I moved to LA because I was so like, I can do this now. And when we came back to film that movie, I I begged the director to give me a line in it so I could become SAG eligible.
0: So, and shit. he did that.
1: Oh my God. I, I think as a, as a favor, I mean, I'm sure it was the, the movie does not hang on my performance at all. So he did that on the kind of, <laughs> But that to me was like, you know, I mean, worth every hour on that set working. Yeah. But I did every extra on that movie. I was a production coordinator. Then I, I, so what happened is actually kind of funny story is at the beginning of the movie, I was really heavy. Uh-huh. But when I decided to move to LA, I was like, I gotta lose some weight just to be healthier. I just want to be able to, you know, like move around a little better. And you know, not, not, I mean, I'm a big guy no matter what, but I, so I lost like 85 pounds. And then when I was in the movie with a line, You can see me in the hallway walking by right before the scene that I'm in, and I'm like huge. And then I'm like pretty, like significantly slimmer. Uh And my hair, And you go back into the hallway for the next scene and I'm back again. So it's a pretty funny, like.
0: That's fucking remarkable.
1: For me, you would never know, but, you know.
0: That's amazing, dude. First of all, yeah, also, congrats, because I have never lost eighty five pounds, and I do not have that. That is <laughs> that's not, some fucking work. It's not a lot of fun. I'll let you know. No, <laughs> no, I'm sure that's a lot of work. But yeah,
1: but it was it was it was definitely helpful getting started in L. A. You know to, wow. to get 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 there and be in shape because I did a lot of walking.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. And what was the name of that movie?
1: That movie was called Sophomore.
0: Okay. What was uh, what's the yeah. what's the plot roughly?
1: The plot is basically uh, a day in the life of like American sophomores in high school, and like them just navigating through. It's a comedy. It's like a teen comedy, you know. And it's about I think asserting your independence and when tenth grade is kind of the year where you start to really define yourself and what kind of uh, person you're going to be. So that was the crux of it.
0: I love it. That's so that's Mm -hmm. that's remarkable. Like just if only because. Just all that hard work also were yeah. you an Extra out of necessity
1: Yes absolutely in the beginning It was like I mean there would be times Because we had this crew I mean there is because of the uh, Proximity of Eastern Kodak In Rochester there are people that are Really familiar with cameras sure. and, with, and, 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 and Kodak does So many test films Or did back when they were producing uh, um, uh, Physical film They would shoot these elaborate test films in Rochester. So there were guys that were like really professional crew guys. So we had like the the, the talent side of things was where we were always lacking because it was like like we have all these great we have this amazing director of photography, these amazing ACs and, and grip and electric guys and, and girls. And then they would be like, Tommy, run in front of the camera real quick and just run by like they like wouldn't have like do the extras walk by they're like we're out of extras but we don't want to recycle the same people in the same exact scene Shit. so i would like drop my clipboard take my radio off and walk in front so it was like you know i was probably in i was probably in like 15 different outfits in that movie like between <laughs> all said and done like and at one point my brother we who has no art ambition to be in the industry at all i begged him to come Be in the movie and we look alike, so there are actually things where I can't tell if it's my brother or me in it because I make him be an
0: extra as well. So, holy crap, yeah, that is remarkable! Because I always, you know, I always obviously ask what your first extra gig is, but it all just coalesced for you, yeah,
1: yeah, that was that was it, and uh, (laughs) that I mean, and and because of that, when I got to LA, it really Mm -hmm. did help. I was not, I mean, being on a set was not this like mystifying thing, it was still very exciting, but I think. You know, some of the things, the lessons you learn is like, don't mistake people being uh, direct and efficient with them being upset or, you know, like people will be very pointed with you or people will be very like, kind of blunt, I guess. And, and if you're not ready for that, you'll think, like, God, everybody's an asshole. Sorry yeah. for
0: swearing. I don't know. No, of please. Like, you're why fine.
1: Is there, why is everybody so angry? <laughs> and like, They're not angry. They're all just under a lot of stress <laughs> to get their specific. Cog in the mechanism turning. So I, I, I had that on I don't even yelled at enough times, or at least you know spoken to directly enough times <laughs> that there was no uh, second AD that could traumatize me uh, <laughs> on on the set of any of the TV shows I was an extra
0: on. Holy so. cow! I'm I'm very quickly looking at the cast, and I will tell you, I have another podcast about the show News Radio, and seeing that Patrick oh, yeah. Warburton is in this, did you get yeah. to meet, hang out with, talk oh, with Patrick many, Warburton
1: many times? Because as part of my, you know, kind of omni Swiss Army knife role I, 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 on the crew side of that, setting up people's uh, waiting areas, their, their green oh. rooms and their stuff. I rented him an RV. We just got him an RV because we didn't have like proper trailers. So we okay. got him a Winnebago. Uh, I, I kind of became the de facto, like show people around. Like he wanted to see stuff in Rochester. So I got to show him around a little Amazing. bit. and yeah, but he was super, super nice. And then years later, when I was in L.A., I, I had a job at Family Guy, so I would see him when he would come in to record oh, sure. voice for Family Guy. And the movie still hadn't come out yet, <laughs> so it would be like he's like, "What do you? What, do you know in that I can't do a Patrick Warburton voice?" He's like, what, "What do you think that movie's gonna
0: come out?" <laughs> and I was like,
1: "I have no, no idea." He's like, oh, "It could have been so good, and it was good, but I think he oh, good, was frustrated that it didn't." I think it just—it took a long time to 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 uh, percolate. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was always funny because I'd always be like, he thought for some reason like I still had direct contact with like, the, the filmmakers, and he would look for me at, like I was working a desk job a Family Guy at that point. And he would be like, he'd ask me for updates, and I was like, I got nothing for you.
0: That's but remarkable. He was a very,
1: very nice guy. Very nice guy, though.
0: I will say, uh, Patrick Warburton. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Hit, I, I've yeah. tried. I've tried to do an impression of him. Uh, yeah. They try and do it on Jordan Jesse Go. My friend and I on the news radio podcast try it. Mm-hmm. The best one I've ever heard. We interviewed one of his sons, Talon Warburton, and yeah. as you can guess, sounds exactly like him. You wouldn't know if you closed your eyes. It's frightening. Yeah. It's frightening I'm how awesome. good is that movie <laughs> out? That's so good. That's yeah. uh I love that so. That is a hell of a first gig. Like
1: yeah. It was. It was really, I mean, and it all because I just answered this email, I'll do whatever. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like, they were like, "He will. we could make him work, and he has no concept of whether he's being underpaid or overworked. And I wasn't, I mean, I was so happy to be there that, like, you know, I was, I think, 20 or 21 years old, and, and, and you know, it was the first, like, I, like education – the education side of, of my, what I was trying to do with my life was always really interesting. I like working with people and I like teaching mm-hmm. people. But like once I was on a set, it was so clear to me that in some capacity that was where I was meant to be. Like I would work like 14 hour days, 15 hour days. I'd be the first one there setting up the coffee and like like Cressus. Last one, they're breaking it down. I was like, this is all I want to do. I don't care that I have no other life outside of this." So, yeah.
0: you know, that I was mean, very
1: good for me in terms of eye opening.
0: That's the kind of commitment they want. But I mean also it sounds right. like you eventually you you got a quicker payoff and yeah. quicker respect it seems in terms of yeah. like, Oh shit, we need this dude. We really need this dude. Well, right. yeah,
1: I, I think that, that was the helpful part of being there. You know, mm-hmm. like being mm-hmm. being pre- so present at the beginning made it so they were they trusted me almost immediately because I was able to I showed up. I mean that's yep. I, I mean I don't know how many of the I'm sure people listening are all relatively interested in this, but like literally showing up is the easiest thing you can do. I failed to show up for Jason twice before this interview happens. But like for the most part, I'm very good at showing up and and uh and I think like we really underestimate showing up and being moderately prepared as like really sixty percent of the job and by yeah. the time and, and, and so many people can't do that. The amount of people I vouched for that like I get a call the next day like, hey your friend never showed up and after I begged to get them a job or get a PA gig mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. it's amazing I think it's just you know there's a difference between wanting uh to do to work in the entertainment industry and then actually doing it because uh we That's all kind of want to like everybody sure. wants to like the parts of it seem awesome but the actual work that goes into it is so you know
0: well uh, I, I it, you did throw yourself under the bus right. but we should say I literally thought we were recording tomorrow so <laughs> I mean a whole day off is a little much <laughs> So it's at the very good. least, it's okay. You yeah. know what? Uh, <laughs> I, okay. So my God, we we've covered so much already. Uh, I'm going to ask you more about. Mm-hmm. So all right, well that's your <laughs> it's your first extra gig, and also I'm assuming then your first line in the thing. Yeah. You literally, absolutely. it's literally like bumped up, but not from being an extra, but from like, hey, dude, help me out, please.
1: Right, right. right. But I will say, to be fair. There was time in between when I was an extra. Like I said, we took mm-hmm. this long break and I moved yeah. out to LA. Once I got to LA, I had I immediately started doing extra work. So mm-hmm. I had been like, I had worked on TV shows at that point. So and still, that had made it to me, like, I got to get into SAG. Like, from sure. being on those sets, I was sure. like, oh, I mean, even at that point, you're like, I can make $120 instead of $60. It was, right. like, the economic. I was like, are you kidding me? I have to do that. So... <laughs> That was, like, my motivation. I think at first I may have even been, like, if you could just give me even extra vouchers, uh, SAG, extra vouchers, and they're like, none of our extras are SAG. I'm sophomore. I think they were like, all of our oh, extras shit. are, you know, because you're the ones hiring them. None of them are getting paid. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. So, to be fair, the time between being an extra and then having that line was about a year. And in between then I did a bunch of extra work uh, a... in that way. I mean,
0: that's... I mean, that's not entirely unusual that it would take that long to make a thing, but it is unique that you go from this guy to this guy in the same movie. (laughs) Sorry, it is is blowing my mind.
1: uh, Unique that, uh, outside of me, who was already at least basically a full-grown human, these were like kid actors,
0: too. So they
1: were like, some of them were like, we had to like shoot around the fact that they had grown four or five inches, like, because there was a whole subplot of like 13 year olds in the movie and they Mm -hmm. all hit puberty between the first break and so it was like their voices weren't matching, Uh, a lot of them obviously got haircuts, I mean for being a very, and and luckily they had the money to get like wigs and like make it Mm. all match, but like it just could have gone wrong so many ways. The fact that it still landed on its feet is pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah, no, that's huge. Uh, so well then let's do this uh, let's then switch gears to you come to LA what's your first time yep. on an LA set and was it as an extra
1: it was as an extra and it was the first thing I did was a football movie uh, about I forget what it, it was the movie where the, the football oh, it was called Fired Up the Okay. Players stopped, they, the two star players in the football team quit the football team and joined the cheerleading team so it was, oh, um,
0: yes. It was okay. Eric
1: Christian Olsen, who was on NCIS LA now, I think. Mm-hmm. And then Nick, um, a guy I ended up doing sketch comedy with later, Nick DiAgusta, who mm-hmm. was on Gotham and a bunch of stuff. They were the players. And I played a, like, football player on the sideline, just like okay. classic football player extra. So that was my first, uh, First time on the set, first time someone told me I couldn't get a Gatorade out of the cooler because those were snacks for SAG actors. And uh, first time I got uh, what I would say words of wisdom from, uh, you know, people who are like lifelong background actors who are like, you know, you get both sides. You get the realists that are like, this is a, you know, you can do this 100 days a year and get health insurance, which is practical. And, you know, and you can make good money if you're a regular SAG actor on a set. And then there's the people that are like, you don't ever want to be a principal actor. You can't, like, it's not, it's a terrible life. and like, you you, you see them go away. Like, the look comes over their eyes like they were at war. And they're like, you don't ever want that life. You don't want to join any unions. And you're like, I don't know if it's that extreme. Like, I feel like, you know, there's obviously... You know, there's a lot more work if you're non-union on uh, this, doing background, but in terms mm. of being a principal actor, you have to join. The
0: yeah, what are you gonna do? Well, I'm do what so, I do, any, but you know, still. so that
1: was that was definitely <laughs> that was the first uh, wow. First, my first taste into getting kind of the sage advice and, and realizing that just because someone's been doing it for a long time, you still have to vet what they're saying and not just be like, well, he knows.
0: Big time. It's I mean, longer. because the thing is, like, and I do, and I it, when I say this, please, I've, I've I've mentioned before, I still get chills every time I'm on a set, and I don't yes. disrespect anybody who's got this insane passion that I also have, but yes. there's a lot of like stars in your eyes, and sometimes that never leaves, and that's a detriment. <laughs> like, there's right. no realism yeah. gets gets in. No, none can fight. You know. I don't
1: mean to be negative because I, yeah. I I feel this view. Like I still just being a part of it no matter how small like i will still you know don't quote me on this but like i if my friend if we need someone to sit in the background of this shot for a thing i'll show up i don't it's not like i'm like i'll never do background work again i'm like well, great i can say for this day what i'm doing is working on this set. that's fine by me you know like i get the same feeling i think it's mm-hmm. just setting realistic you know like anything just just understanding that there is mobility if you want it and like you know, and, and that you have to do certain things to, to achieve that mobility. So that's all. I think it was just kind of like a healthy dose of like, there's a life where you just are a, a non-union SAG or a non-union background actor, and you can work every single day, but if you want to move up, you have to do certain things, obviously. The validation and going, showing up to be an extra in any capacity or on a set at any given day but there's also the realistic thing of if you want to make a full-time living and you know mm-hmm. work your way up you have to be willing to, to take different steps and kind of saying preaching a message of like you'll be doomed if you join the union is kind of a, a difficult message to, to give a young actor on mm-hmm. so that was all awesome. yeah.
0: yeah you do get this wide array and i remember that too because the thing is when at least for me when i showed up first on a set i was absolutely so friggin lost i'm like i don't know mm-hmm. what i do am i allowed yeah. to have food here Right. Was I, Where do I? Who do I talk to first? And yeah. the person I am, I'm a very scared little boy, and I'm only 20, mm-hmm. I'm 23 though. I'm an adult male, but I was uh, in, internally it became just ice cream, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Someone help right. me. So you're looking for help from anywhere. Sure, and it's so. not intuitive. It's no,
1: movie sets are not intuitive. They're like, you know, for for actors, they're like, where are you out of the way for where how we can set up. So it's mm-hmm. not like. I'm going to be in this high school scene. Obviously, holding will be right next to the high school. It's like I'm going to be in this high school scene. Holding is across the street by a pond because they have room there. So, like, if you don't know where you're going, of course, and, and 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 like, anytime you ask a question like, "Where am I supposed to be?" It's a really a toss-up of you. You're either asking an angel who wants to be a helper, or you're asking someone who's not their job to tell you, and they openly resent you to so with the most hot like they're like, ah, oh, Where are the background actors? And then they radio in they're like over there, take a left, take a right, take a left, go straight, take two left, go through two stop sides, take a left. Got it good. And then they're gone. They're like, okay, I'm just gonna ask another person, hope they're
0: nicer. It's no. so true, it is so true and, and and again, some of the advice you get is great. Some of the advice you get is uh like like you described. there are people who man, I just remember seeing some of the lifers on set who are just very much like so fucking intense and like oh, yeah, and on on one level, I like totally appreciate it. I'm like, I kind of love your commitment mm-hmm. on another level. I'm like,, yeah. like what else is going on though you seem a little off. <laughs> Right. It's a little. Yeah. It's a little bit.
1: Yeah, just a little bit. But, you know, we are all got to be a little bit off to be uh, pursuing this career.
0: I so. want to be, you know who the guy I want to be, though. The person I want to be is the person who's like, oh, I just do this for fun. I am clearly loaded, yes. and this is the thing yeah. I do for fucking fun. And I'm like, dude.
1: This is, this is gas money for my boat that yep. I make yep. here. That, yeah. And, I, area. That's and I don't think
0: they're making it up. Normally, I think there are a couple people I've met who are like clearly like, no, you're doing fine. I saw your phone. You're doing yeah. okay. Like, yeah. 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 Yep. You brought the yep. nice clothes. They 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 sent yeah. you away without having to give you wardrobe cuz you have That's nice right. clothes on. It's Yeah, you uh, own
1: the right thing.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> What's so uh what was your first celebrity run-in in Los Angeles then? I mean, Patrick Warburton's uh, pretty damn big for Rochester. That's pretty great.
1: That was that was that was amazing for me. My first celebrity run-in was uh Ed Begley Jr. Yes. on the streets outside of uh I was Near near sunset in Highland, and uh, and literally because he's a big guy, mm-hmm. and so that it was like my first no doubter celebrity setting where I'm like, well, that can only be that guy. It's mm-hmm. not like kind of looks like him. He was the first celebrity that I saw, and I was such a massive fan of Christopher Guest movies, and mm-hmm. you know he's been a guest star in every TV show. He's such a you know omnipresent actor. And,
0: mm-hmm. That's so, that so was, good.
1: Uh, that was a thrilling sight. And years later, I did a commercial with him. Mm-hmm. And then I did a movie with him after and I, I, you know, he was very gracious in me telling him that story. <laughs> like he was like, Oh, I'm sure he gets told all the time. I saw you somewhere. And he's like, Yes, you probably did. I was there. But uh, yeah,
0: wait, was that I was gonna ask you next was that is he in mascots? Because I know that you're in mascots. He, yeah. Okay. I
1: got, yes, I, I, I got Mercy included in Mascots because they cut 80, 95% of my scene. It was Jane Lynch, Ed Bagley Jr. and I, and I'm at, you know, the scene is I'm getting Jane Lynch's character's autograph, and then I tell her this long, insane story about how I was a 13-year-old boy when she had her terrible accident where she did a split on top of the dugout and got stuck there for nine hours. and how that changed my life and we're doing all this crazy, like improvising and I'm just chiming in. And then when the movie came out, at the premiere for that movie that they invited me to, the or oh, the Captain Cruiser, I mean, there wasn't like a big premiere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was sitting next to Bill Hader and Martin Short with my girlfriend at the time and I'm like, when my scene plays in this movie, the mo- the lights are gonna come up at the end and they're gonna turn to me and shake my hand and be like, welcome to the club of like great comedians. So then the scene in the movie comes on and it just goes, hi, make this out to Tommy or something along those lines and then cut away immediately. (laughs) Son (laughs) of a... But on one hand, I have to say, like, that was... Christopher Guest did not have to keep me in the movie. He could have cut me out completely, but I get a credit in the movie. I still get residuals from it, and I get the memory of being in it without it sounding like... You know, I've been cut out of so many things at this point. Like, Mm -hmm. I I barely... I'm so scared to tell anyone I'm going to be in anything unless I know it'll make it for sure. But, like... That was, as much as that was disappointing, that was Mm -hmm. such a thrilling, you know, thing to have happen. And then I did a, Christopher Guest directed a a PetSmart commercial, I Uh think, and I did uh, before that. And that one got to be played all the way through, which was nice.
0: That's amazing. So did you get in Mascots because you were in that commercial?
1: Yeah. That's amazing. actually, I got, yeah. That's the dream, uh, dude. It's really, it was an incredible process. Like, I I auditioned for a casting director for the commercial, and then Mm -hmm. from that, there was no callback. I just had a meeting with Christopher Guest, and then he told me in the meeting, there was a whole waiting room of people that I got the job, and I didn't know what that meant, because I was like, there's no way he just told me I got this job, (laughs) and I have to walk out, and there's all these other people waiting, and then... We parted ways, I, yeah, I did get the job, we parted ways after the commercial, and then I just got an email like a few months later that was like, you have a phone call with Christopher Guest uh, at 9.15 throughout morning, and I'm like, okay. And then uh, the phone call basically was like, hello, how are you? I was like, I'm great. Uh, we're doing this movie, and I'm going to give you this part. And I was like, okay, great. And that was it. That was all Jesus, discussion. That was the whole process. So it's all very, you know... Uh, I wish that he would do more stuff, but I uh-huh. <laughs> selfishly and also just because I wish they would, you know, make more content. Especially now, I feel like that so sure. those characters in the Zoom window are like made for that type of mm-hmm. delivery stuff. Anyway,
0: yeah. no, no, please my, come on! Like uh, you're, ta- you're talking about one of my I great thought. heroes. This is, this is, come on! Oh,
1: me too. I, I it was, uh, I, I just remember I got tipped off not to go too far into the, the, the in the meeting, not to praise his work too much by okay. someone. A friend of mine who had worked with him was like, he does not want to hear what you're gonna to wanna to tell him, which is how much you love in Show, how much waiting for Guffman, like, you know, honed your comedic sensibilities. He's like, just talk to him about bullshit. So I went in and he complimented my jacket and then I complimented his jacket and then he told me he didn't believe that I liked his jacket. But <laughs> so we had a conversation about jackets for like twenty minutes. And so good. I just remember, I'm like, this is going good, this is taking a long time, and then, like I said, he said, okay, so you're going to do the commercial with Ed, and just, you know, Ed is a, a freight train of a performer, so you got to mm-hmm. let him just go, don't try and out-funny him, mm-hmm. you'll do your best if you just shovel coal into that engine, and that, <laughs> I took that advice, and that was that, yeah. I mean,
0: that's good improv advice when you know already who, who again, who the, the, the train is, that's really great, I yeah. love that, that's absolutely. remarkable. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that was. I mean, it, it, trust me, I. It was not lost on me what the. You know, the. That's one of those moments you want to try and keep a snapshot of forever, no matter of what. Course. Where you're like, this is absolutely a remarkable moment. But
0: that's yeah, so good. So that
1: was
0: that. Uh, le- okay. So let's hop back to. Do you, are there any other? I mean, okay. So you, again, you got the award for being, for being an yeah. extra. What are some of the other stories that you submitted? I'm curious because like we oh, all got them, but yeah.
1: so. So I'll give you the two my two kind of signature doing background stories. The first was the first like TV primetime sitcom I ever did background for was How I Met Your Mother, oh. and I was in a scene where I walked right by um, Allison Hannigan, I think is her name, mm-hmm. Allison Hannigan, and uh, we. Uh, I walk right by her, right in frame for the camera. So I'm like, oh, this is gonna be great. I'm definitely gonna be visible. So I told everybody in my, you know, everybody that had taken an interest in what I was doing in LA. You know, I didn't, I wasn't hitting up like girls from high school to impress them, (laughs) but I was like, you know, aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody. So uh, it airs and the scene that they had shot, was sped up to like 138 times, so it was people <laughs> whipping by her in a gallery, oh, that's super well fast. fast. <laughs> so it was one of those things where it was like a speed time lapse thing of like she was in the gallery for four hours and all these people walking by. So my uncle, my uncle Bob, uh, is a really brilliant kind of techy engineer, and he isolated the clip and made a flipbook of it for me so that I could flip through and watch myself kind of lumber past. Ellison uh, 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 Hannigan's character in, in, in real time, and, and he made one for my mom and dad, too, which was really nice. And it was so like, good. It, it was so funny because he's like, well, he's like, I had to see what you were talking about. So that was that. And then the most, like, really surreal background thing I ever did was I carried um, Kel Penn's coffin on House, which is a 10-year-old episode, so I don't feel too bad about spoiling it. But uh-huh. he, his character kind of abruptly Commit suicide in the show. Oh,
0: yeah, okay.
1: And it's a really shocking moment because it happens at the beginning of the episode. He's not even in the episode. Mm -hmm. The beginning of the episode is just the discovery that he's killed himself. And at the end is a funeral procession. So I was playing um, the coffin, the the pallbearer, Mm -hmm. and there was no evidence of him that it was his funeral. It was all fake, like they had pictures of this girl. And we sign all these confidentiality waivers and I wasn't paying much attention. And I watched that show and when it aired, I had no idea that that was what I was doing that it was his funeral until it aired. Because it made news when it aired it was so shocking. I didn't even watch it live. Yeah. It made news about what a crazy episode it was, and I was like, wait a second, and I went back and watched it, and there <laughs> I am just like dobly carrying his but his coughing. And it was um, it was the night after the Oscars. Which didn't really matter, except for that anyone that was kind of famous on that set would look like they had been drinking the night before. Mm-hmm. So I was walking behind <laughs> Olivia Wilde and next to uh, uh, Omar S., and I kept stepping on Olivia Wilde's back of her feet because she <laughs> kind of was like walking with her feet back. And uh. I was like, I'm going to get forcefully evacuated from her because I kept like giving her a flat tire or whatever, like stepping, <laughs> scraping all the time. But she was very nice about it But I sort remember of being like, this is this very solemn moment where they're in character grieving over the death of their friend, and I just keep ripping down the back of her foot. So that was uh, that was that was my other exciting background thing. And then I did, I mean, I did every when I first got here, I said yes to every opportunity to do background. All the police shows, all the uh, CSIs, and any sitcom that would have me, I really I dove in and did it as much as I could. So. Mm-hmm.
0: It's so good. I love that yeah. so much. Do you, yeah. uh, do you, were there any shows where you're like, I got to get on that show or like, I'd, I'd really love to get on that show?
1: Uh, you know, I, I'm trying to think of what there was that like, I, I'm trying to remember like Central Casting, which I'm sure people know is like the big data, the big like epicenter where you have to call in and I remember they would like list things. I remember like for a while, like, I think you could get on Transformers, like there was like Transformers casting extras or something, mm-hmm. I don't wanna say. But mm-hmm. I could never get, they always did like, I mean, talk about, you wanna say like this is an industry of rejection. Sexual casting is the most abrupt rejection of all time because you wait all day to call into a, or used to, I'm sure it's different now, you call into a phone number, uh-huh. hopefully that person picks up, then they look at a little tiny thumbnail of you and go, yeah or no.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: I just remember, I only had one picture and I looked really young and I kept trying to get in as like a lab technician for Transformers. And they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> it wasn't So brutal. Like immediate. it's like, it would be like if you were auditioning for like a, a pistachio commercial mm-hmm. and they like in the room were like, no, thank you. It's like, can you finish your audition? Like it was just so so brutal. But yeah, I remember I always wanted to get on that. I, I didn't get on that. And then, you know, like, I mean, at the, in that era, Mm-hmm. Shows like The Office and Parks and Rec and were so important to me. It was one of the favorite sure. shows of my sure. community. But I also had the hard thing of right around then was when I started to seriously start auditioning for principal roles on those shows. And it mm-hmm. was like, I got a lot of weird advice from both sides of like, you can't do background on a show you want to be a principal on, as if that was like a sacred rule. But they were like, you know, like I'm, I, I mean I, I never I booked an episode of Grey's Anatomy but I've come very close and I was background on Grey's Anatomy for like thirty episodes so it's like you know and they still I make it all the way to producers for an audition and like you know I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have made it that far if that was a rule I don't think they every time no. right. but it was like I really got took that advice and was like I can't do background on like these shows that I really I got love you. because I, I really got want you. to be on them but I don't think that just to be very clear disclaimer I do not think that is right I think I no got sure advice from. People who didn't know what the hell they were talking about and just were kind of being, for lack of a better word, like snobby about something they didn't know about. Absolutely. I mean, I,
0: and Absolutely. so I would
1: say, you know, that does not matter. <laughs> for no. sure it does not matter. But but at the time, I foolishly believed that. So that and impacted I, my...
0: But that, and that totally makes sense. There were shows that would, like, not recast you if it was in a different, like, specifically The Office and Parks and Rec. They're like, we don't yeah. want to repeat. But that doesn't mean... They wouldn't then be like, oh, well, so this dude who was in the neighborhood, he could come back as a character with a line. Exactly. Like, So exactly. there's no exactly. logic behind that at all.
1: Exactly. Um, I agree. I, I completely agree. I just, I'm just explaining that that was why there was a long gap Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: No, I get of that. doing background from, from then until, you know, uh, several years later. But anyway.
0: No, no, that's, you know, it totally makes sense, and I, I'm annoyed that somebody gave you that bad advice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's annoying to me. I'm glad, we, I'm glad we can say
1: it here and say mm-hmm. that it's bad advice, so yes. anyone listening doesn't have to deal with that unnecessary paranoia.
0: Yeah, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. I just changed my background, and here's why. Here's why I changed my background. I had to look this up. This is me on an episode of House. Uh, this is yeah. me pushing most deaf into a, into a, a room. Cal Penn is, uh-huh. is right around the corner. So is Olivia Wilde. I looked it up uh, the next episode. Is Your episode, uh, <laughs> it's the we miss yeah. each other by an episode, oh, so
1: catmates, catmates.
0: Lo- isn't that so fucking funny? I, I, yeah. I love when that shit happens, but uh, yeah. I didn't step on anybody's feet. I, I almost oh. wish I had, but most F isn't even in this either because it's the two of us, like it's supposed to be he's supposed to be in like whatever that locked in syndrome is where you can't speak but you can still see or whatever. Oh, yeah, and yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. just me and this other guy pushing him around. So, I did house a few times. Good god. Did you get to meet or see Hugh Laurie in person because he's one of my comedy heroes actually. It's weird he, he, to meet drama.
1: Mine as well. He was not uh, there the day that I was working. Okay. Uh, everybody else was, but I think it was like a typical house like zig when everybody else zags. Like sure,
0: sure. he's not
1: going to the funeral. He Makes can't sense. bring himself to go because I think the whole episode surrounded on him being obsessed with figuring out why he did it because there was no 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 motivation and it was mm. just like in-house has to find an explanation for everything. Yeah. So it was like, you know, not to go too deep into the mythology of house, but sure, and sure. I love you, Lori. I would have absolutely awesome. loved, I did see him, uh, another time that I did background on house. I did see him, uh, walking to and from his like trailer. Okay. But I didn't, it was. I just got a view of him, and I remember he was talking in a British accent, which was uh, delightful.
0: Yeah, I mean that was that was the thing. I was, I was like, is he? Uh, I'm going to keep stay in accent behind the scenes. No, no okay, I, good, good.
1: I, I, I'm going to go ahead and offer that. From my experience, he definitely was not.
0: Um, no, yeah, S- same here. Same here. That was a show that I can tell you I definitely had. So I had okay experiences on but I, tell, I had one really bad day that, and, and I paid myself back by making the largest bagel and lox sandwich you've ever seen in your life. I yes, you about three times the, the lox you're supposed to. And then I also, uh-huh. I don't know if I've talked before about it on the podcast, but wardrobe made me feel very uncomfortable and it was a situation where I had to be in shirt and underwear and I was like, this is real uh-huh. weird and they were making me real uncomfortable and I decided that my payment, I was a brash 20 something. Uh, was that I would yeah. take my robe home, my Calvin Klein uh, robe, <laughs> and I still have yeah. it. Uh, I, uh, eh. I'm not a big, I'm not pro- being a proponent of theft from sets, no. ladies and gentlemen. But, no,
1: but you, you got to win some battles sometimes. Right? Sometimes you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You get Absolutely.
0: it. <laughs> yes. no. I don't know if I warned you about our one segment called Five and Over. No, I
1: don't. Five, okay.
0: Okay, and that's where you take a five and under roll or an extra roll, and you figure out uh. what that character really is and what their spinoff is. Okay. And it does not... If it's a sitcom, you don't have to spin it off into a sitcom, you, or the same genre, even. You can spin it off into a comic yeah. book. I don't care. But I'm curious, okay. and I apologize for not giving you a heads up on it, but sometimes okay. you get good results that way. All right. What are your thoughts? Who Who's a character, or even somebody who's just in the background, that you would spin off? Uh,
1: that I would... So, like, just in general?
0: Yeah. Like, a, a character that you would care to turn into his own thing.
1: Okay. Uh... I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say a guy ordered that has just ordered a massive coffee. Is that clear? Like, are we talking? Which about well, specific? which
0: show? I want to know which show that you were on. Oh, you're, yeah, oh we, that
1: I was on. Y- yeah, okay, sorry. 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 So I, I see. What this was it.
0: not clear. I didn't tell you. See. So,
1: okay. So show that I was on. Okay. I'm gonna say, uh, there was a football player on the first. I'm fired up that I was on with uh, who was a. Uh, un, uh, unsolicited freestyle rapper. <laughs> he was rapping the whole time he was on set. Uh-huh. His name was Matt. He asked me to call him Matt A Tat <laughs> uh, So he claimed to be, amongst many other absorbent or ex- extravagant lies, that uh, Jay Z had shouted him out in a song. Mm. And then he said, You can listen. And Jay Z clearly goes, Matt A Tat Tat. Uh, so. I'm going to say we follow Matt Pat Pat's life uh, from football player slash freestyle rapper. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. And it spins off to to a full house situation where he's a single father raising uh, three kids. (laughs) Uh, Three kids unexpectedly uh, Mm -hmm. widowed, uh, widower. And Mm -hmm. he's uh, now raising three kids, but he's uh, attempting to make them into a rap stable with him. So he's training them all to take on the different roles, the Flavor Flav hype man role, mm-hmm. the Chuck D kind of introspective, uh, uh, you know, meat and potatoes, lyricist. And then I would say like a, uh, maybe a uh, an ice cube style wild card, just very pathetic. The, the middle child that is big personality, mm-hmm. you know, is the ice cube of the group. Uh, but like Matt Tat, these kids are all shockingly blonde because okay. that was a very, very white blonde kid with like razor blue eyes. So mm-hmm. these, uh, these are four blonde uh, rep, four blonde MCs. And I believe their last name is McDonald. So the show is called four blonde MCs, but it looks like mix. So,
0: that's now right. I love that. Now you took a character who was an extra with you. You didn't even go. Normally, yes. I, I insist that people. St- but I love Matta Tat Tat so much. Yes. Is your now? Yes. Are you Mat- in the show as well, or are you going to play Matta Tat Tat? That's our next well, question.
1: No, Matta Tat Tat plays himself. Okay, and fair. I come back as I come back playing my character from the movie, which was his teammate, mm-hmm. uh, who who did not. Uh, enjoy the rapping on set was really made nervous by it because mm-hmm. it was so unsolicited and kept garnering <laughs> dirty looks from everybody around him was like hey people I'm, I have to stand next to you people are thinking that it's me half of the time
0: oh no They're
1: rapping together but you just are non-stop freestyle rapping like really with no reference to when the camera was rolling or not it oh, no. started up whatever so I would say that in this situation I am his uh I am now his coworker. That being forced to be around each other has uh, has come in. But here's the crazy thing: mm-hmm. we are both uh, we are both engineers that are forced to quarantine together
0: because <laughs> we have
1: each have 50 uh, percent of a project. So I have moved in with him and his uh, four MCs, his three MCs. That is one Five of the MCs.
0: delightfully dumbest things I've ever heard. Yeah, like in and a good way. That is remarkable.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. So that's my.
0: Wait, really though? He was doing this as the cameras were rolling?
1: Oh, super stressfully, he kept rapping. And by the way, when I say he was freestyling, he was saying the same thing over and over again. No. But he was doing it like he, he was repeating. And he also, and I'm not making this up, would just keep going, "Meditate 10. meditate 10. meditate And I'm like, dude, and I am a rule abider. Like, I was raised by Irish Catholic parents. Like, I obey the law. So when they're like, you guys quiet down on a set, I'm like, church mouth's quiet. Like, uh-huh. when it's like lock it down. I'm like, everybody lock it down. Even when it's me, a close-up on me, and the scene can't begin until I start talking, I'm still like, everybody shut up. Shut up so the director doesn't get mad at us. Like, it's like, even when it's completely... On me to start and stop things. I still want everyone to be like we all got to do well, and not get yelled at. So it was a super stressful thing for me to have him so good. talking. Oh. He's also the one that told me I couldn't have a Gatorade. From the, he's the one that warned me that the Gatorades <laughs> were for SAG actors, and mm. then proceeded to tell me how amazing being a like because of the snacks being a SAG actor was, which mm-hmm. I mean did resonate with me, obviously, but. So yeah, so it all, in a way, I owe it all to Matta
0: You really do, boy. I gotta. T- uh, I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. Not, I'm gonna have to do some digging. I need to find out who Matta tat is. So I, to oh, see I him. can
1: tell you. Uh, I don't. I, I'm worried. I'm worried about putting him on blast because I don't know what his life is like. But sure, he was in that movie. Um, you can get a real firm grasp on who this kid was because he has a credit before this movie. He was in that. Um, Undeclared, I think, the Jonah Hill
0: Oh, yeah, yeah college movie. Uh-huh. He
1: was, I think he played a guy, this is like, by the way this is only exposing me as a psychopath because I want to say his name was Larry, and mm-hmm. he was the kid who was too shy to talk, so his parents took him, knowing that the frat that was started by Justin Long and Jonah Hill was fake, they took him and joined him in that fraternity just to get him to like come out of his shell so he plays like a silent kind of like shy, big kid you can see Matt pat in that film I know that credit exists because not only did I see that movie which is not super rememberable in terms mm-hmm. of like you know iconic comedy, it's a fine movie but not sure. like one that stays with you he did tell me that he was in that movie as he yeah. did tell everyone else that like he did not do extra work bro he's actually a principal actor he was in a movie called Undeclared where he played Larry so that has stayed with me now for 12 years just to put that into perspective that information has never left me And, uh, God, I hope he's
0: listening. (laughs) Well, you know, if he is listening, he's really got to get a hold of you to develop this fucking show together, because I will tell you, I'm watching it tomorrow. There's no doubt in my life. Oh my God. That's so good. Okay. Tommy, this has been, honest to God, a lot of fun. Um, Uh, tell, this is going to come out in a few weeks, but, uh, tell people where they can find you. If there's anything coming up, I know right now that's like nebulous, but.
1: No, no problem. I but luckily I have some evergreen things I have to promote. You can always awesome. find me uh, at Tommy Bechtold on all social media, Twitter and uh, Instagram and, and the like. And then I have a, uh, a movie on uh, Amazon Prime right now called For the Weekend, mm-hmm. uh, which is if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, it's free or included in that. Mm-hmm. And then I have a, a, a web series, a digital series I get for Facebook Watch and Funny or Die called... Uh, um, take it outside. I was confused with you because they're both kind of like phrases for the weekend, take it outside. Yeah, take yeah. it outside <laughs> is on funnier guy. Uh, uh for the weekend is on Amazon. And both of those are uh, I would very much appreciate any views on those. So love that's it. what I got.
0: Uh, can I can I will I disappoint you if I tell you something else that I know for sure Matt tat tat was in?
1: No, not he's, at
0: all. He's an extra in Transformers. Oh uh! <laughs> Hits his other credit listed on IMDb. Bald Ranger team <laughs> member, uncredited.
1: Oh, God. Man, t- Am I? Man, t- is, this a- is this a usual suspect thing where all personalities are are coming from me? Oh, my God. That- I couldn't stick that landing better if we tried. that was beauty.
0: True, pure beauty. <laughs> Yeah. All right. I have three Uh, bonus questions I want to ask you on that note. Okay. Number one favorite craft service item.
1: Oh, man. Uh, Lobster rolls. Oh. Where the the hell did you get lobster uh, rolls? An Adam Sandler movie, which, by the way, always has the best craft services because I think he likes to eat well. So it was uh, funny people. Funny people.
0: Shit. I'm in that too. (laughs) I'm in there somewhere too. I I think that was one that, like, because they did all of those. Fake movies within the movie. Mm. I think oh, one yeah. of those days was like
1: a hundred extras because I did the competitive eating one with him. Okay. Where I Sat next to him and we were shoving hot dogs in our face.
0: Love it. Holy uh, yeah.
1: shit. Mm-hmm. Lobster. That roll. was the best food I ever ate uh, in presser, which a lobster roll, oh. and, and it was lobster rolls plural because I was like, of course, had what? one, snuck another one, absolutely.
0: Why would you not? Why would you not? Yes. Um, have you ever? And this one's a sensitive one. Have you ever fucked up a take?
1: Oh yes. Uh, I did a soccer hooligan movie that they were filming some scenes in America. They had filmed most of it in England and they were filming it in this, like, these, like, houses near a prison. But the scene that they had was a bunch of hooligans running out of the house okay. towards the camera. And the first two takes, I got yelled at for staring right down the barrel of the lens, running Shit. out of the house because I didn't know where the camera was because the door was closed. Yeah. So I was like, second out the door. And both times I was like, so the third time I was just, like, staring at my feet. And was like because ah! we were supposed to like yell. It was one of those ones where you can make sound too because they're going to oh, take okay. art. So it was like they're like everybody running out of the house yelling. It was awesome. That's so amazing. That I on a, and they were. I gotta say they were really nice about it. But mm-hmm. it was like one of those things where like there was not going to be a third time. Yeah, there wasn't going to be a third fuck up. So it was like I had to deliver after that. But that was yeah. For this sure. is a
0: repeat story but I bring it up to make people feel better. I walked into a camera on Joan of Arcadia. All right. I yeah. walked into a camera. So uh, I just My
1: mom my mom's favorite show, Joan of Arcadia. Really?
0: Love it. Oh, she loved it. Yep. I was always cast as AV type or nerd. Uh, which is yeah. I mean, let's just cut cut to the chase, man. Nerd is what you're looking for. <laughs> uh oh, have oh, you
1: Brother, I I feel that, trust me. <laughs> have you ever I had to do
0: you. anything that qualifies as a stunt? Uh huh
1: I mean, this this was more
0: rare, I know.
1: I no, not really. I mean, I the only thing I have had to do was like um, be in a thing that was burning.
0: Oh so shit!
1: I, like it was a like controlled fire. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that was that was it. That was the only thing I could. Uh, I but that was on an episode of the Middle, so I don't know if that counts. But I, I mean,
0: I, that's not they, nothing.
1: They set, they set the winter bagel I was on on fire, and then. I had to deliver lines, but it was so smoky in there that I kept fucking up my lines, and it really was a, it was a terrible day. I'm for me because oh I had God. like one of my few monologues on the show ever, and I like got through it one time clean, and they're like, "Great, moving on."
0: Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I yeah. know that
1: wasn't good, but anyway. Were, th- were there uh, any
0: extras on that set? I only asked because you know, ten of them were like smoke bump, smoke bump. We're all getting a smoke right, bump right there. Was smoke bump.
1: Yeah. There, I. I think yes, there were kids buying grilled cheese sandwiches. Because we had, but the episode—the correct episode was—we were turning uh, the uh, the, food, the the Winnebago we lived in into a food truck to make okay. spare money. Okay. So it was like I think there were kids coming up to like buy the the sandwiches that we were
0: cooking. Holy shit! But, yes, that's so good. Yeah,
1: and that's for stuff wise. I think that was it. I'm trying. I don't think I've ever done anything else that would be considered uh, that dangerous. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah that's not bad though that's pretty good oh yeah, my god pretty respectable holy shit dude you are just full of stories and they're so good and thank you so much uh oh, for talking Thanks to for me, me for introducing me to Tat.
1: yes enjoy him no mm-hmm. I feel like I, I feel like I've held on to that I've told so few people about Tat <laughs> because it's like when would I ever really discuss it but I have mentioned him before but it's been Mm -hmm. a while and i feel like this is a cathartic release of him into the world
0: yeah 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 this is good (laughs) this is a good weird energy i love it yeah um, again, thank you. Uh, I want to thank my everybody question. for listening. Uh just go to stolendress.com. That's where all my other podcasts are, including comedy on vinyl, including dispatches from Fort Awesome a News Radio Podcast, Dan and Jay's Comedy Hour, hosts with their own Picard, uh, of Dyson Dens. There's a bunch of podcasts you guys can go listen to there. And there's one thing I say every week, and that is, I'm sorry I missed your thing. I don't own a TV. So <laughs> You can find The Professional Blur on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you find podcasts. And follow Jason on Instagram, at Jason Klom, and follow his hashtag, The Professional Blur. Stolen Dress Entertainment. Hey,
1: it's my turn. Ah!